Good evening, fellow Goths, horror enthusiasts, and children of the sun and moon. I am your humble Los Angeles witch, Moonchild Nil, and welcome to another episode of Midnight Tea. Coming into this episode, I didn't think I would have to do another one in a row that starts on a very somber and dour note, but unfortunately, on this past quote-unquote Thanksgiving, or Day of Thanks, my father passed away. My dad was 72 years old and unfortunately in very bad health. I kind of saw that this day was going to be coming and started to make all the necessary preparations and arrangements, but it still doesn't take away the sting of when it actually happens. Um, I will not disclose what my dad died of, but he was not a victim of COVID-19. But that still doesn't take away the fact that I lost someone very near and dear in my life. My father and I didn't have the greatest of relationships. We were very estranged for a while. But we did reconcile in his later years. And there's just a lot of guilt. There's a lot of sadness that I... I can't even put into words. And as my dad's, as the executor of my dad's estate and his next of kin, all of his final wishes, his assets, his, his affairs are all on my shoulders. And it's, it's a lot. It's a lot to have to be the person to make that call and get the condolences of strangers and, and, it stings even more when it's family, but this is what I have to do. And I'm going to be honoring my father's wishes of having him cremated. But that's all in due time. Nothing's instant and the grief is everlasting. So I do apologize if future episodes are going to be coming out a little later. I'm sure you all are very accommodating and understanding that if you've ever lost a loved one, you completely understand what I'm going through and this struggle. But when I'm well enough or it's in my ability to do so, I will continue to give you guys more episodes, more content. It just may come out a little slower than usual as I'm still grieving. I'm still handling my father's affairs and it's going to be a little while. But I would like to dedicate this episode to my father. May he rest in peace. He was an actor, a model, a first responder firefighter in Indiana. I miss him dearly. I love you, Dad. This is for you. Full disclosure before we start tonight's episode. Tonight's episode may contain strong language, possible spoilers for books, TV, and media, and dark topics. So this is your viewer or listener, discretion advised. All right, guys, so for tonight, I have a special guest online with me tonight. Friends from Honolulu, Hawaii, let me introduce B. Good evening, B-chan. <laughs> hey, good night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I mean, best you can during this time, yeah? Tell me about it. So, what's quarantine got you up to nowadays? 
Uh, I found out that I have an overabundance of beads, so I've been beading. Hey, that's great. That's great. And how's your shop doing? Um, we closed for a little bit to regroup some thoughts. We started straying away from the original idea and started going into tourism stuff. So we're trying to get back towards what we originally planned. So I take it you weren't thrilled with the tourism idea or was that just like a a financial move? It was a financial move at first and then it just started kind of grating on me because everybody else is doing the same thing now. So, No, right. Of course, you want to stand out. Otherwise, why be in a market with everybody doing the same thing? Exactly. I understand. <sighs> like Even just hearing your voice is such a nostalgic trip for me because I haven't been home since 2015. And even that wasn't under the greatest of circumstances. So I can't really call that a you know, coming home and enjoying myself. I mean, I'm staring at that very Santa picture that we took that year right now. Oh. It's actually sitting right over my um, my workspace. That was, that was probably the highlight of that trip. Because, I mean, getting back to going to Ala Moana, which was the mall I worked at for like three years, and then coming back and it's a totally different it's evolved so much since the last time I was there. Mm-hmm. And it's forever evolving. Like stores are moving around, places are shutting down and it's come to be kind of a monster of a mall. Well, I believe right now it holds the title in the Guinness book of world records as the tall, as the biggest outdoor mall in the world. It actually is. Fresh air mall, the, lar- the world's largest pressure mall sorry i mean just think, no no like just thinking about how big it got you just seen it when that side opened too right like the the new like what do we call it now what bloomingdale's wing nordstrom wing can't keep up yeah. anymore that that name keeps changing that's why so i'm like the new side yeah, I mean, part of it was still under construction the last time I was there, and that was five years ago, so who knows what changed. Mm, a lot has, but it also hasn't. Santa's now on the other side of the mall. In what we, really? Yeah, in the old side where Nordstrom was, that they recently built, like, when you were here in 2015, that was called the Nordstrom side. Huh. That's where Santa's hanging out now, and that's where our target is. The mall has a target now? Yes, wow. ma'am. It's got a target. Yeah, this is how you know it's been a minute. <sighs> wow. That's insane. So, yeah, I guess let's let the listeners know, you know, how we met. So... I have known you since you were in middle school. You were just finding your baby bat wings. Oh, God. I believe DDR was the particular poison of choice back then. Uh, (laughs) Fuck yes. (laughs) Dance Dance Revolution Uh, is my life. Exactly. That and Pata Pata. (laughs) 
Fuck! I haven't even thought about that in a million years. I think about oh, it man. all the time. I miss that game so damn much. Mm-hmm. Just so you know, <sighs> I, I, Spotify mm-hmm. added most of the songs from the second mix to Spotify. So if you oh remember, if you remember the song titles, you could definitely find it on there. Eurobeat is like the first thing that comes to mind. I Holy believe shit. it's on there. Like I found Ultra High Heels and a whole bunch of Domino songs on there, so I'm like, whoa. <laughs> But I mean, not only that, that even kicks up my, well, I, I, I say love, even though I didn't really care for the anime. Mm. That really reminds me a lot of Initial D, because a lot was borrowed from that soundtrack. I just feel like it's because Eurobeat's kind of big in Japan. It was huge during the early 2000s. Yes, it was. Sorry, oh <laughs> I was just God. having like, this nostalgic flashback. Oh my goodness. Fuck. Oh, I had stock in Hawaiian Brian's, which was the arcade we went to all the time to play these games. Oh, I'm pretty sure we were pretty much giving away most of our allowances. I think at one point we were funding the quarters at that point. Pretty much like we were pretty much laundering the (laughs) quarters (laughs) at least four times a week. Oh, my God. No. You're right. Just thinking about it. And it really is because we met through our mutual friend, Ricky. God, who knew you from middle school. He is doing great. He likes working at Starbucks, although don't ask him about special orders. He gets a little disgruntled. I'm sure he gets a a million. Yeah, he does. Oh, poor baby. (laughs) He misses wow. you too, he said. So uh, if he's not over day. Yeah, if he's not over at our at our house, we're basically running around doing errands. So No, that's great though. It's good to hear he's doing good. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm trying my best to keep in good spirits. You already know the situation with my father and mm, <sighs> I know. Um, I just it's okay and I understand how you feel deeply and today it just so happens that we're talking about the situation and for me the reason why I say this is a big deal is because today is my dad's birthday and he passed away like about three years ago that's right I remember I'm sorry about that it's okay like I I get sad every once in a while because grief is not a linear thing and neither is mourning it's a little like a bouncing ball and every time it hits something it it hits and of course it hurts yeah um and I, I feel like the death is just the topic for this episode because november carries so much weight in people that i've lost throughout the years especially um, going back to 2015, mm. going home for my my friend Scott's funeral. May he rest in peace. And it was actually my first experience with a... I, I, I'm afraid of saying it wrong because I don't want to butcher it, but a, a Shinto Buddhist funeral, uh, like rites or funeral ceremony mm. um, where they honor him or they do a special prayer for him on the 25th day 
they do another one on the 50th day and another on the 100th. Yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. I've, we've had family members who are Shinto do that as well. So, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's very eye-opening to see how other cultures memorialize their dead. Mm-hmm. It is. Sometimes it's poetic and beautiful, and sometimes... Like, in our situation, it's like, why do you guys do that? And No, right. Like, of course, this is making me super morbid by looking into other funeral rites from history. Mm-hmm. Like how in the Victorian era, it was so common for you to take photos post-mortem mm-hmm. with your dead loved ones. Yeah, I... Something that stuck with me about Victorian uh, death rites was probably mourning jewelry. Um, it's where you no. take like a piece of bone or hair and make it into jewelry pieces that you carry with you at all times. I've seen a lot of oddity shops that do that or that have had some from history. God knows how long ago. Mm-hmm. Like we did that for my dad because we still had his hairbrush and my mom couldn't part with his hair, so I basically resined it into a piece that never leaves the house now, so. It's... No, but that's great, because things like that carry so much energy. Yeah, it does. Now, you being of Hawaiian descent, clue me in, and even some of my listeners who may not know, on what is some of like traditional Hawaiian rites for passing of the for their passing of their loved ones. So pre-Catholic, I would say, and I have to say pre-Catholic and pre-Christianity because our our ways of mourning have changed over the years. Mm-hmm. So, like one way we honor the dead is usually to grow out our hair. And that's kind of what's happening with me. I mean, over the past three years, people have seen my hair basically grow out as long as it is. And I still don't have the the heart to cut it because the, the whole premises on that is that the very bottom of the hair is the is the last hair that he's seen me with. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like to some people, they always like tell me that it's weird, but I'm like, uh, I don't think so. I mean, we have that. We also have, like, where we believe that our family never really leaves us. That they're always by our side, guiding us, behind us, everywhere around us kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Not sure when that was really, like, a, an introduction, but we've always seen it as, like, our ancestors will always stay with us. Kind of like, I don't know, like, I really hate using this, um this analogy because I love the movie but hate the concept Moana (laughs) okay no speak your mind so like how Moana's grandmother basically came to her and followed her throughout her 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 whole journey like that's how we view our ancestors and the people who have passed they usually are here to help guide us on our path usually they're the ones that are like cut it out get back on your path stop it stop it like Mm -hmm. we have dreams we have visions and in my case I get both (laughs) right I have woken up to 
occasional bruise on my forehead because my grandmother's probably disappointed in me on something that I did. (laughs) I mean, if if that was the case of me waking up with bruises because my dad or a family member was like, yo, you fucked up. You shouldn't have did that. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's happened a lot to me, (laughs) to be really honest. (laughs) Now... I know with, with Disney, they always take liberties because, Jesus, yeah, name one story, no. they follow to a T. Yeah, no. But um, the idea that your your loved ones, or your ancestors who are there to guide you would turn into any kind of particular, I hate saying this, but it's like spirit animal. Mm-hmm. Is that an actual thing or is that just Disney fantasy? That, I'm not too sure about the other Polynesian backgrounds, but I do know in ours, we have this thing called the Amakua. It's not something that we can really choose. Like, we can't just say, oh, that that cat over there is something that I identify with, so therefore, I'm going to come back as a cat. Um, uh-huh. Ours is basically, like, assigned to our family from generations and generations and generations like I don't know how else to put that part but so basically like our ancient ones pass it down so like for instance on my grandmother's side who she's 100% Hawaiian she is literally the tiger shark the whale and the mo'o and these three things have uh, one thing in common which is they're usually water type creatures in our 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 traditions because the mo'o is a dragon and it's seen as a creature that's kind of like a salamander that goes in between water and land uh-huh whereas my grandfather has like the opeopeo which is a bat the pueo which is the owl and the eel which is our hawk which are all warrior type creatures that are predatory in the and they will most definitely rip your eyes out kind of thing. So I'm like, I don't think I get to pick. <laughs> right. I'm actually just excited that the last three animals you named immediately when I heard their Hawaiian names, I knew what they were. <laughs> for being away from the islands for so long, I remember yeah. being told these. I'm, I'm sure either in a classroom or by you. And I'm like, wait, I know what she's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you know what is oddly weird is that I sometimes forget the the English words to those so I'm just like uh okay okay <laughs> I mean you would know better than me I mean I think the last time I um I actually spoke Hawaiian and probably butchered it because I me with my dumb American accent was in the sixth grade when I went to my alma mater Thomas Jefferson we were required to take a Hawaiian class where we had to speak Hawaiian in that classroom. Mm-hmm. Sounds and familiar. <laughs> that was genuinely the last time I spoke anything near proper Hawaiian. Yeah, like what we learn now is like not even close to what my family on the e-house speaks. So I had to mm-hmm. literally relearn my own language. <laughs> so that was kind of a strange ordeal talking to a family member who had come all the way off of this island that's basically remote and not touched by modern hands and she's like Mm-mm, you're saying it wrong Mm-mm, nope that's not right and it just kind of gets discouraging after a while to where like you're like fine I won't talk anymore ouch 
Yikes. was like 16 when I found that out. So, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I gotcha. But, yeah, like, other than that, when it comes to, like, animal spirits, uh, I'm not, I can't speak for other Polynesians, but I can speak for like, at least ours. Our part of the triangle, which is we don't really get to pick, we get kind of assigned these creatures. Like, right. we can identify with one of them as well. Like, my mother has was born with uh, these red patches on her skin that looks a little bit like tiger stripes. And my grandmother once told me that when she was pregnant to my mother, she sat on a tiger shark that she had fished up from the ocean. Mm. And so that's why my mother was blessed with the stripes of the tiger shark. And oddly enough, my mom can swim kind of like a shark. So I've always wondered what was mine. So I once told my grandmother, I bet I'm probably a mole because I like water and land. And she goes, nah, you're not as graceful as one. (laughs) Jesus. I mean, what a way to tell your grandkid that you're you're gravitationally challenged. So (laughs) I don't think you are. It's like, way to be blunt. Thanks, grandma. (laughs) (laughs) Now, tell me a little about the spirits that still walk the land. Ooh, so the thing about the spirits that walk the land, it depends, like, I could go into, like, literally a whole podcast worth of stuff, and I guess I'll have to tell you, like, more popular ones, just to, like, skim over Maybe get everybody enticed to want to read on them. So there are the Night Walkers, which are the king. It's basically like the king and the king's guardmen walking down from the mountains to their appointed end, which is usually their uh, ahapua'a. So from the mountain all the way down to the ocean, they walk their land. And you're not to look at them if you're not of their blood. And if you are not part of their blood, the best thing to do is to face down to the ground and don't look up. Like, you'll hear them coming with drums. You'll see them from afar because you'll notice that there's lights that are moving in a sequence down the mountain. Um most people try not to screw with them. Please don't because they, people who have seen them have actually been admitted into Kahi and stuff like that. Like if for those who don't know what Kahi is, Kahi is the slang name for our mental institution down here called Kahi Mohala. Um, there's also the white lady the white lady you see her usually on top of poly highway if you see her like should you see her please offer her a ride sometimes she'll have her little dog with her sometimes she'll be alone but just give her a ride stop pull over and ask her hey auntie you need a ride where do you want to go and just take her there if you now is that what is that what she prefers to be called we call her Auntie or we call her the Lady in White because that is actually Pele. 
that is you usually find her on the poly and that's why like there are two reasons why you need to stop for her one she can fuck your life up you know like pardon my french (laughs) she will fuck your life up (laughs) and secondly usually if she is stopping you for a ride she has a, a good reason to be stopping you for a ride um like in one instance Ricky and I were driving on Polly one night coming home and we seen her on the side of the road and we did stop for her and when we stopped for her like basically she got into the car and we got down the road and roughly around the same area where everybody keeps having uh accidents Ricky and I missed an accident by a whole 5 seconds Mm. it was kind of scary like it wasn't that we were drunk driving it's just there's a lot of people who speed in that area but if we had not stopped for her we're pretty sure that probably would have been us now my geography is a little behind but I've been to the poly a few times Um, my mom Mm -hmm. was always paranoid and always fearful that we never drove through there at night she never explained to me why Hmm. but she was never with the idea of me driving through there at night, even when it was like me, Scott, and my other uh, drifter friends. She's like, please just don't go through the poly at night. She never explained it, but at least now I kind of have an understanding as to why. Well, there, there, um, there is that, and there's also the fact that that was actually, like the whole poly area, the Nuuanu Valley, from the bottom of the valley all the way up to the poly lookout. That was where the Battle of the Pali took place, where there were Hawaiians versus Hawaiians. There was Kamehameha's men facing against the the island's men and telling them, you don't join Kamehameha, you need to jump or face my spear. And a lot of people chose to just jump. Now, I'm trying to remember, there is, there's two mountain uh, tunnels through the to get to the poly area correct Mm -hmm. yep because i remember the longest tunnel was the one i was always afraid of like just i could never explain why but easily if i was ever near that area near anywhere near sundown or got dark just Mm -hmm. the hairs would just automatically stand up something something in your gut just didn't feel right so there's the one where you go through two short tunnels, which that one you could definitely feel the energy, whether it's day or night. Like it gets really eerily quiet while you're on the road. And sometimes, like, thank God they recently did this. Like they actually put real lighting inside of the tunnel. And now you can see in front of you, but before there are like these really dingy orange lighting that I remember those yeah no um that at night if you pass through it if you if you weren't looking and you were basically a passenger you could definitely see like black shadows walking in front of your car and stuff like that and people have gotten into accidents because of that and then you've got the the one long one that leads to the h3 which is the wilson tunnel that one's pretty scary too. I mean, it, it's scary on its own because of how long it is and how much it turns and curves. But with the area that they had to build through, that was also like one of the sacred spots <laughs> that they kind of just like plowed through. So, 
And that's something that blows my mind, really, especially living here in California, in Los Angeles, is because I guess there's some kind of law here, and, I, and maybe it's because of the earthquakes that we constantly have, mm-hmm. is we're not allowed to build tunnels through mountains, like through mountain regions. Now, I don't know if that's for all of the state of California, but here in L.A. County, mm-hmm. you are very hard-pressed to find tunnels that go through mountains here. It's just not allowed. So when yeah. I saw that in the poly, I was kind of blown away by that. Well, it's kind of dangerous to be going through the mountains anyways, considering the fact that they are dormant volcanoes. And as of recently, we have been seeing activity within our, our dormant volcanoes. Like we've had some rumbling, some air vents opening, especially on the big island. But it's, we right. were all hard pressed to check it out right now because when there was like a, a a crater that had gone completely dormant on the big island and i guess you probably heard about it where it just kind of exploded it was like a couple miles down from kilauea mm. over there so that's where it all happened <laughs> so because of that we're all kind of freaked out about the mountains and plus uh the landslides that happened there, we're not sure how they happened. They just happened. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, like, I'm pretty sure there is some scientific way to put it. Like, maybe it's from rainfall and the rocks slide. But it just so happens, like, these big boulders keep taking out roads down here. So we're just like, okay, I guess we're not taking that way. No, right. I've always known the Big Island to at least have two active volcanoes, but there's more now? Uh... So Halimaumau is opened up another fissure is what happened. Mm-hmm. So that's why like it looks like there's two active volcanoes now because Kilauea is still going. It's been erupting since, I believe, the 80s. And this new one just started erupting like recently to where we're all kind of nervous about how they're going to rebuild the town areas over there. So we're just like, I don't know, maybe it's kind of a sign not to build there anymore. Just saying. No, yeah, I, I would agree. And I mean, if it seems that active, is it worth it? Yeah, no, and there's no way you can get insurance for it. So I would have figured that would have been standard with, uh, I'm assuming like homeowners insurance on the islands is, you know, in case of volcano. Actually, no, it's not. <laughs> Surprisingly not. Um, the one thing that is uh, a heavy thing that you do need is hurricane. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> hurricane insurance, but not volcano insurance. Apparently, if you build on a volcano, you're knowingly doing so. So therefore, you are at liability. Fair enough. Like... <laughs> One thing I had to debate with when I got my insur- my newest insur- uh, car insurance, mind you, mm-hmm. was they're like, do you want active God insurance? And I'm like, well, you mean like if a tree falls on my car while it's parked somewhere? And they're like, no, we're talking like if you hit a deer doing 60. I'm like, this is Southern California. I think I've seen two deers in the last 13 years I've been back here. The fuck yeah. you mean a deer? <laughs> and they're like, in the East Coast, when you get active God insurance, it covers that because... In the East Coast, I guess it's more common you're going to hit a deer with your car when you're driving anywhere. Oh, God, yeah, no. (laughs) Sorry, like, 
our family, we, we like to take weird family vo- uh, vacations to, like, the south and stuff like that. And it's usually, like, the east coast south. <laughs> and, like, every two highways or freeways, we always see some kind of deer roadkill on the road. And it was like, oh, my God, I hope I hope those people had the act of God insurance. <laughs> right. Because... Yeah, even when I, I did my trip to New York in 2016 for Fashion Week, I, mm. I only went to Manhattan. I didn't go to upstate, which is, I guess, that's where it most commonly happens. And I, I was talking to a friend who lives out there, and he's like, yeah, it's super fucking common that you're going to get into an accident with a deer. More likely than someone even vandalizing your car or stealing it, you're most likely going to hit an animal. And I'm like, that blows my mind, because things like that don't really happen here in LA. Yeah, it doesn't really happen here in Hawaii. Like, I once told Ricky, this is before we took him to the South, like, you have not lived until you have seen roadkill. (laughs) After that, he was pretty adamant about understanding why you go over the roadkill and not swerve. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's it's crazy. And I figured also in Hawaii too, it's again, I was too young to understand this concept, but I mean the idea of earthquake insurance out there, because earthquakes are so far and few in between in Hawaii. Yeah, it is. But it can get bad. Like there was one earthquake back in two thousand ten that left us all without power for like almost a week. Wow. It was that's, bad. <laughs> it was terrible. That's worse than the one we had in 2004. I only, I'm going to jump into a small story real quick, but me and some of my friends from high school, we ended up going camping on the Northern side of the Island. I, we went to a beach and God forbid, I don't remember which one, but we were there for two nights, three days. And on the third day that we were going to leave anyway, there was an earthquake because it was a huge one that came off the coast of Japan. Mm. And, we're on the beach, mind you, and we felt the earthquake. It couldn't have been anything bigger than like a four point something. But sure enough, we were, we're right there next to the shore. We're like, let's go take a quick peek at the water. And it kept receding and receding and receding. Oh, and I, we, I remember that we one. We was... panicked. <laughs> <laughs> like there was no, oh, let's neatly put the tents away. We shoved the shit into the back of a truck hole and just booked to the highest mountain we could get to. Yep, no, you guys did the right thing. (laughs) I don't know how many, like, tsunami threats we've had within a year. I've stopped counting because that's a very imminent thing here. Usually if the earth shakes, if the water starts receding, run to the highest point. (laughs) Yeah, don't, don't sit to see how much further it goes. Just leave. Just get to high ground. Oh, yeah. You don't want to see it going any further out because once you do, it's kind of like an endgame situation there. Oh, my God. Like, I think we left at 9 in the morning. I only got home that day because I lived in Waikiki at the time. Mm. I think I got home maybe around 8 o'clock at night and all Waikiki had no power. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, no. I remember that when I just graduated high school, too, when that happened. Whew. Yeah, jeez, man. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. 
But yeah, if you like literally any any spirits, like the ones that still roam the earth here, the ones you really gotta watch out for are just basically the night marchers, anti Pele, and sometimes and I say sometimes, um sometimes the Menehuni too. But that other than strikes that, a bell with me. Oh, Menehunis, they're kinda like Everybody likes to say that they're these, like, really cool leprechaun people that do things that are great, but they're, like, really, they're, like, the real definition of a leprechaun, where, you know, like, don't strike a deal with them unless you know exactly what you're striking, because what you're gonna get is what they think you're gonna get. Mm. Just thinking about it, man. Ooh, nope. (laughs) I mean, I don't think I've ever came across anything like that in my time. But um, I was telling a story in an earlier, I think it was my first uh, episode of the podcast, mm-hmm. where me and a friend went to the beach and tried to do this very the craft thing of calling the corners <laughs> with two fucking people. And no, we did not have the necessary equipment to do such a thing. And again, two mm. people in something that requires five. And this was at the the pier in Waikiki and China walls, huh? (laughs) Oh my fuck. I've never been so scared in my whole life because easily saw shadows of at least four people walking on that pier because they have the torches that they light every night. I don't know if they still do it. I don't, I haven't heard anything since COVID, but I'm pretty sure like, they've had it even then because it's kind of a staple here (laughs) oh my god that was a never again situation we ran he lived far he lived in um not hawaii kai but i think i think it was uh aina haina oh god that's even further than hawaii yeah he lived far and this was late too this was like past midnight and he still had to bus it home like i felt so bad i was like just sleep on just sleep on the floor of my apartment. It's cool. He's like, no, I'm going home. No. Like, I think he was a little mad at me. He just wouldn't say it. I- I'm pretty sure, like, there's a song for that. I believe it goes, fuck this shit, I'm out. <laughs> that is exactly <laughs> what it was. Oh, my God. I. If he ever hears this episode, I'm sorry I did that to you. Oh, my God. Oh, I've I've grown since then. I. Jeez fun story about Waikiki so Waikiki is actually considered uh, the beach of the dead or we call it dead man's beach (laughs) because that's where a lot of our well particularly my family had buried most of our our ancestors there Mm. so they're like they're right next to the police station there's like these four stones that are basically uh gated off i think you might remember them maybe not but yeah that's further down to that's the like right side of the beach yeah that's where our family matriarch lies the original kahaloa she lies underneath those uh, along with like tens of thousands of other bones and that's just one small mound in that area and every time they build a new uh, hotel or they they take down one they always find more Eevee that belong to that area so Hmm. 
is always it's always something new like if it's not eevees you find like random bones in places that are strange like recently i believe one of i think the ritz carlton was the last one built and they found like these two skeletal remains uh embraced in each other's arms in in the cement foundation so i'm just like yeah i don't think that's native hawaiian but i would pretty much put in something for a cold case for no persons you know jeez yeah no so waikiki has been haunted since forever like it is just synonymous with each other so Maybe what you seen that night was a lot of tourists that didn't want to leave and they were like, oh my gosh, what are they doing? Or my ancestors just being kind of mean and being like, ha, thought you could do it with just two people. <laughs> no, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it was some ancestors playing a good prank on me because again, this is dumb 13, 14 year old me thinking, oh, I saw one R-rated witch movie. I know what I'm doing and completely butchering it. <laughs> nah. You're fine. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> or I wouldn't be I wouldn't be the least bit mad if your ancestors are looking at my stupid ass and just being like, oh, she thinks she's cute. She thinks she's grown. <laughs> That's probably what they were doing, because I'm pretty sure they've done it to me many times. Wow. <laughs> like, don't feel ashamed. It's something to embrace. We all gotta start somewhere. I I mean you 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 have to you have to learn and grow from your mistakes for sure. Yes, ma'am. That's always the thing. It's always learn to grow. Right. <laughs> so, B, any good ghost stories to give my listeners? Because I don't have any many, and I feel like they deserve a good one per episode. Hmm. What kind of ghost story do you want? A funny one, a weird one, or a vacation one? I will leave it to you. It is your uh, choice. So I guess the one that I'm going to pick is from 2010 when we went to Disneyland, like shortly after I had my back surgery. You couldn't come and meet us that time because you couldn't get off. And my sister was kind of being mean and she didn't want to wait for a different week. So we went on our own. Okay. Uh, it was raining kind of hard in October. And to escape, like, the the lightning and the rain, we, Ricky and I, had gotten on uh, It's a Small World. Oh, why would you do that to yourself? I have no idea why we picked that one. I think it was just because it goes indoors, right? Like, randomly picked one that looked like it was going to be somewhat okay. So here we are, just, like, Ricky and I are in the front. Had, like, maybe two or three other people behind us I think one guy with his little granddaughter and his daughter Mm -hmm. and you know like as you turn right before the cowboy area where you see like all that cool toy story stuff suddenly we got stuck in the middle of this like like boat build up or no it wasn't even boat build up like the light started flickering and the music cut Ooh! oh no no it no, was no, no. freaky like that was the like that was the okay so i guess this is happening now kind of thing so 
I had noticed out of the corner of my eye that there was this kid that was walking on the, the pathway. I guess you know where the... I, I want to say cast members walk. Mm-hmm. So, like, on that side, like, there was a kid just, like, walking on that pathway. I can describe this kid to the T. Like, he was blonde. He had, like, really light skin with pink cheeks. Greenish gray eyes, blonde hair, kind of cut in a a bowl cut. And Mm -hmm. what I would describe as the original Pet Cemetery Gabe outfit. Nope. Okay. (laughs) Like, that was my best description of it. And I just remember, like, looking at this kid going, what are you doing over there? And Ricky, Ricky says, who the hell are you talking to? I'm like, you don't see him, right? Ricky's like, you know what? If it's another ghost, count me out. I don't want to know. I'm not paying attention. And (laughs) he goes right back to looking around thinking that we're going to get saved, right? And then I had noticed, like, this kid's face was warping out of the corner of my eye. And when I looked at him full on, like, basically, uh, you know the Cheshire grin? Yeah, that ear yeah, to ear grin. the ear to ear grin where the teeth started morphing and stuff like that. That stuff started happening, and I was pretty sure, like, when I had turned around to Ricky, Ricky had seen it for a second. He's like, "I told you, I'd want to know. <laughs> don't involve me in this. I don't see nothing." <laughs> oh, Basically, damn. like we we seen this this ghost child go from like a regular ghost child to like this malevolent thing and at that time like the emergency lights were on none of the none of the actual dolls were moving Mm-mm. and then in the corner of my eye we started noticing that the rocking horse in the the toy story part started rocking And that's when it all started. Like, the lights started blinking on and off. The holiday stuff started going up. And, like, it started sounding like a warped version of It's a Small World. And Ricky's like, what did I tell you? (laughs) No. (laughs) So we sat like that for about maybe 15 minutes. with, And I had to ask the people behind us, did y'all see what just happened? They're like, oh. If you're talking about the creepy dolls just turning our way like in one shot. And I think I have that picture somewhere. I'm not too sure if I uploaded it to Facebook, but I'm pretty sure it's there. Um, where I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. Since when did they start doing this for Christmas? And lo and behold, we have the shot of the demonic looking cowboys from Disney Hell. Um, oh god. <laughs> What's scary to me is what it, what immediately comes to mind is um, you you've heard of the house in um, Long Island, New York, the Amityville house, right? Yes, I have. <laughs> oh God, there was a time where um, parapsychologists Ed and Lorraine Warren went to that house mm-hmm. with a TV crew to do an, uh, like a séance in the house. And on the second floor landing, they had a camera that went off, I think, every 30 seconds to a half an hour. Mm. And one in particular shot they got on the second landing. I can't even look at this shot. You can Google it if you want. 
But every time I see this, I genuinely have nightmares. In one of the photos, because there's nobody up on that second floor landing, and especially not kids. Yeah. There is a photo of a little boy poking his head out of a room on the second floor with glowing white eyes. Uh, I think I know which picture you're talking about. That's actually kind of a big conversation piece within like a lot of spiritual uh, groups and stuff like that. And a lot of the, the ghost hunting groups that I'm a part of. Like genuinely gives me nightmares. I'm terrified of that photo. I believe it's so authentic. I believe I, so I, too. Like I, I, I would like to buy into the theory that perhaps maybe somebody brought their kid with them, but at the same time, like after knowing what's been on the tapes and how they have sworn up and down, no children went with them. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but I think it's authentic. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm truly terrified of that photo. I mean, that's one of the few times I've ever truly been scared by something I haven't witnessed, mm. but no, I, I, I don't question the legitimacy of that photo at all. Um, um, so when you mentioned this kid and you were describing it, for some reason that photo popped in my head. It's just like you're like, no, nope, nope. Yeah, I, that is massive nope factor. Yeah. Just, yeah. Um, I do have a different story that's probably a a, a little bit bittersweet. Um, okay. I took a friend of mine to the Iolani Palace. And okay. for those of you guys don't who don't know this, this is like the only palace where royalty lived in America. It is where some of my ancestors are from. Like my great my great great grandfather was the Iron Duke and basically like I, I know a lot of ins and outs about this place. So I decided to take a friend on the tour of the palace and we decided to go the audio route which mind you it costs a lot less and it's completely beautiful and it they've revamped that audio tour completely to include the the wrongdoings of the annexation blah 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 and i came to the last room in which was on the tour which was queen kapiolani's room in Kapiolani's room, I decided to play a song that was sang by my uncle Polani Vaughn. Um, I could probably get you a sound clip later tonight of that song. Uh, mm. It's called Ipu Le Mano. And it's the last written love song from Kapiolani to Kalakawa. It's the song that she wrote that he never got to hear before he died. So... Um, they talked about the, the how she could see from her porch the the harbor and the black sails that was sailing in that carried his his body on top of that ship and she wailed and the wail was so unnatural that you could hear it from the palace grounds to Waikiki and that was kind of like something that has always stood with me like no matter who tells it like even I even me telling it right now is kind of making me tear up a little. So my ass being the one kid that's a troublemaker in my family, hmm. I decided to play the song that he not he never got to hear from her in her chamber. And then I walked across the hallway. I didn't have it playing like on speaker or anything. I was playing it on my earphones at that time. And... Hmm. 
the picture I took within both rooms was in front of the uh, the original armoires of both the king and queen. And within both, I have pictures with my ancestors. Um, we have Kalakawa behind me. And in one picture, I have Kapiolani sitting in her chair. And another one would be Alexander Liho Liho standing behind me. And it's probably like my one picture that like I have rarely showed to people because I don't think they get it. <laughs> yeah. But it it was something that touched me in a different way and it wasn't just like, well, so that happened. It, it like I came back kind of changed that day and right after that, like that same person ended up telling me that she didn't want to be friends anymore with me because I wasn't really fun. Because oh. prior yeah, prior to like we had gotten into a little fight about what we consider racism here and what we don't. So mm. after that it was kinda like, well, I guess my ancestor showed me who the garbage was. So alright. <laughs> so with that, I leave you with a a note that your ancestors, your loved ones and the people that are in your life, even if you may or may not know them personally, they're always with you. And they're always around you. Always holding your hand. Now, it's, up to, it, it, it's really up to you if you want to listen to them. Because, you know, like, I know my dad has a lot to tell me. And I don't listen because I'm still kind of mad at him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are we we all got a little bit of resentment with our dads. Yeah. I'm definitely no different. Yeah, no, but every once in a while I do listen and I find myself saying thank you, dad. But just so you know, like your dad is always going to be with you because he is a part of you. Every step of that way. Well, thank you for that. I mean, um, I mean, my dad is many things, you know, he was, he was a first responder. He was a firefighter in his time in Indiana. Uh, that was before I was born though. He was, he was an actor briefly. He was a model. Um, he was also an asshole. He was absolutely a womanizer, but still at the end of the day though, he was my dad, you know, mm -hmm. through the bad and there was a lot of bad. But there was good, too. Yeah. And the good honestly does outweigh the bad. The, the bad memories will always be there like a stain and like a crack on a mirror. They'll always be there. But if you're just focusing on the stain and the crack, you're missing out on the whole thing. And, I mean, yeah, that's definitely something I learned to kind of grow around. Mm-hmm. Don't let it. I don't let it consume all my memories of my dad. Um. Well, let's go ahead and lighten the mood a little bit and get to some listener-friendly asked questions. Sure. Um, I actually wanted to dive back into another question that was asked in a previous episode, um, where one of my listeners had asked me what were my favorite animes, and. I, I rushed into my answers and gave, like, my stereotypical, like, yes, I love Sailor Moon, I love Cowboy Bebop, 
But I wanted to give a little more of an in-depth answer. And please, by all means, share some of your favorites. Um, especially because me, I'm not really into anime anymore. I Don't ask me to watch anything new that came out. I'm not into new animes mm, at all. I, I understand that feeling. It gets me... Like, I, it takes me a long time to even watch anything that's new. Like, I was literally, what, four seasons after when, what, My Hero picked up and I finally watched it? Yeah. I don't but even like, know what season we're on, so <laughs> don't quote me. No, right. I mean, for me, every anime I grew up with in, like, the... It had to have been like from age six up until maybe when I was 16 when I decided I'm out of the anime life. So mm. if, it's pretty much if it aired on Toonami, chances are I liked it to some degree. Um, like some of the animes I didn't list that I absolutely love was like The Big O, which for me had one of the most beautiful art styles that almost didn't even look like an anime. Dorothy. Dorothy is still the love of my life. She is such a bad bitch. I love her. She, like, she's basically the android version of Daria, and I loved that about her. Um, <laughs> That's actually the best description I've ever heard of her. <laughs> like, but even just that anime, I mean, that art style seriously gave me some Batman the Animated Series vibes. Mm. And it didn't even mean to, but it just did, and it's so smart that way. I think... Um, I think Big O was definitely one of the most underrated Toonami anime that was out there. I should you not. I feel like they aired the first season twice mm -hmm. and then didn't talk about it again for years until season two randomly showed up. And I feel like season two, they aired once, which I never got to see, mm. and then went, okay, next anime. Yeah, I believe at the same time they were like, it was competing with Outlaw Star. Like, I can't quite remember it too well. I just remember watching Big O, and then suddenly it was gone, and then Outlaw Star took its place, and I got kind of attached to that one, too, and then that ended, so I was like, okay, so what now? I did like Outlaw Star. Like, it is one of my top five animes that I truly adore, but, man, you have to go and rewatch it, like, the original edit, the original edit, not the one, not the Toonami one. Yes, ma'am. Just like Tenshi Muyo. <laughs> Holy shit, man. Yeah, that was another one. I am probably one of the worst Tenshi Muyo fans ever. <laughs> I do not ship him with Ayaka. I, it's Ryoko all the way. <laughs> Fuck yeah, Team Ryoko all the way. I mean, I... like, every time he ended up with Ryoko, I was like, this is the way. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, shit, I haven't started the next episode of Mandalorian. <laughs> we haven't either. We're actually waiting for Brian yeah, to come Yeah, the new episode home. dropped today. I gotta, I gotta get to it. Yeah. Um, As for any anime, like, that I would, pro I would probably say is my favorite, um, I mean, yeah, I got the lame duck answer of Sailor Moon. I mean, most of my room is decorated in that. I mean, we're these girls. It's hard-pressed to find one that isn't a Sailor Moon fan. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, if it's not Sailor Moon, it's probably uh, Cardcaptor Sakura or, uh, in my case, uh, Magical Knight Rayearth, even. Uh, maybe. Rayearth was a good one. Yeah, that one was really phenomenal. Uh, maybe Ojamo Jamo. 
Doremi. Uh, notice that I'm just naming off magical girl stuff here. Uh, <laughs> but, but I mean, it, even card cap- well, even jumping back to Cardcaptor Sakura. Yeah. You know, I watched that when it originally aired on Kids WB, and of course, it was heavily edited to be more kid friendly. Mm. Um, but I rewatched the new dub that's now on Netflix, and it's better. The pronunciation of the names is still butchered. <laughs> um, and then oh Hulu had Cardcaptor Sakura Clear Card, and that one was pretty good. I don't know. I I I'm still kind of feeling out that season. Hmm. Um. I would probably say like my favorite animes to this date. Like, if you really want to get into it, it's probably Hunter Hunter. Um, because I still watch this. Uh, we actually got my grandniece into Hunter Hunter because she likes Biscuit. Probably mm. Fairy Tale, but then, like, I've lost my way through that one somehow. Like, that's another one that's kind of like One Piece, where if you lose your way, don't hope to get back onto that horse. No, I heard One Piece is like. It's still, still going. going. And. We just got confirmed that we're halfway through the story. I mean, oh hell no! <laughs> it, it's gotten so bad that even Brian has quit reading One Piece. Like he's like, I no, no more. <laughs> no, yeah, the, the, you got to know where's the right point to end your story. Don't like Lord of the Rings it, and it's all of a sudden. I mean, if it works, it works. But uh, honestly, like with my my attention span, uh, after reading like maybe. 10 volumes I lost myself so mm-hmm. um, then, yeah from it's that um, I know this is a little more on the depressing side but I mean um, one of my favorites it was on Adult Swim or, or uh, Toonami Midnight Run at one point was Wolf's Rain I have not and, seen that one but I have heard stories I mean it's beautiful it's from the same creators that did uh, Cowboy Bebop so right there, you already know the original Japanese audio, the English dubbing, and mm-hmm. the artwork is going to be top-notch, and it really is. But as, as beautiful as it is, and I'm praising it so much, if you're not into, well, I shouldn't say into, but if you can't handle animal cruelty and animal death, Don't, this is not the Yeah, movie. no, that's why I haven't watched it. Um, I have a, like, I literally have to go online to read the if does the dog die.com for movies and tv shows so right no i'm I'm um, that kind of person no i totally get it um like i hate i'm well i already gave a disclaimer earlier of spoilers but i'm not going to spoil necessarily the ending but i am going to say it's a fucking sad ending like you will be in tears by the end of this series but the thing that gets me in tears before we even get all the way to the end of the series is the ending theme for this anime. Oh, um, yeah. It's called Gravity and it's in English. It's by Yoko Kano who did all the all the work for um, Cowboy Bebop. Mm-hmm. And the song is so beautiful. I've actually listened to it at least four or five times this week just to kind of help me cry and get my, my emotions out it still packs a punch when I hear it. Like, it's still... Oh, my God. But it's a beautiful song. I love it. I just... It's one of those, if you need a good cry for four minutes, this will do it for you. Hmm. Um, let's see. Maybe one that you haven't watched, but one that I have, like, 
I would say Galaxy Angel is probably one of my favorites. Especially before they started adding in the storyline and it was just all like shenanigans. Mm. And then I've, I've heard of it. Yeah, no, like it's kind of cute in its own way, but when I started getting into a storyline, I was like, oh no, you ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> um, another good one I would say is probably Digimon. I, oh, I definitely grew up with the Pokemon Digimon lifestyle for damn sure. Yeah, no, like uh Brian has been trying to get me to watch uh Digimon all over again and like we got into a fight over it recently and it was mostly because I don't want to cry again. Well, they just released the new the or I guess the the final Digimon movie just oh, recently. Oh, yeah, no they did and that's why he wants me to watch again because there's the new season where they they grew up completely right and i to this day get chills hearing butterfly oh wow yeah i know it takes you back doesn't it (laughs) i still remember seeing the first digimon movie in theaters i was not ready for that yeah no (laughs) you're right Oh, oh man Nostalgia. I don't know if I can climb back down that rabbit hole. I know some of the series is streaming on uh, either Netflix or Hulu. I'm pretty sure it's Hulu. I have no idea. Uh, we usually just watch VRV, but if you are looking for something that is 100% stress-free, absolutely adorable, and you can keep up with the storyline, I would suggest Shirokuma Cafe. I, I feel like I heard of this. It is the most adorable show I've ever watched. Like, I get stressed out very easily, especially with what's going on in our home. And mm-hmm. I just kind of retreat into my workroom and I turn on Shirokuma Cafe on VRB. Okay. I think you would probably appreciate it because it's got a little, it's a little bit of like the slice of life, but it's also a little, um, like there are antics, and there's a storyline, but the storyline is not stressful. It, it's very mm-hmm. like, wow, I wish I could go to this polar bear's cafe. I wish it was right here. And funny enough, I've heard, like, I don't want to, like, say that it's rumors or anything, but I've read somewhere that the artist and creator of it grew up here in Hawaii. Oh, okay. And it's based a little bit off of, like, the vibes of Haleiwa Town and stuff like that. So you can definitely feel it. You can definitely feel it when you watch some of the episodes. And the theme song is absolutely adorable. Okay. I will definitely send that to you later. (laughs) All right, I'm interested. Um, I think one of the last animes I can just rattle off real fast that I was really into was another awesome creation by Clamp was Angelic Lair. Oh, God. You would think by now they would have that, like, out, right? Like, for real. You don't... <laughs> if you don't know how badly I want one of these battle dolls to dress up and to do these yeah, duels, no. this is oh, so cool. Uh, ever since I got into BJDs, I think I have been trying to like add robot parts to it to see if I can do it. <laughs> it's failed. That'd be cool. <laughs> Miserably, but we're still trying. I mean, yeah. come on Japan. You are the home of robots and BJTs. Make this happen. If only seriously that it all oh, those dolls are just so cool. 
it would be worth that price. I mean, come on, you pay like a thousand dollars for a doll as it is, right? Like that's basically a naked doll. So what 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 exactly would it be to add robotics to it? Make it worth that thousand. What's well what's what's kind of cheating with me was um I only have one ball jointed doll um Mm. named Claudia. And I actually got her from a friend of mine that I used to go to KCC with. Mm. And well that's Capulani Community College for my listeners. Um but yeah, I had a homegirl who like she had, she had, she grew up with a bit of money, so she had several ball jointed dolls, and I've always wanted one. I just didn't have the money to invest. Mm-hmm. And she eventually, down the road, she moved to Texas, and her, she was like, "Oh, I have to clean up my closets. I have so many of these dolls, and I know he's known you want one." And I have a, it was a Volks, Volks Nana body, Ooh. with a, what was the name of the head? I think it was called Mimi. Mm with a mini head and she's like uh i want to sell it to you what do you like how much can you afford i'm like i got 250 dollars, and she's like sold i'm like wait are you serious you are like, absolutely yeah, lucky yeah least. well she sold it to me also because this one is a very old model like this mm. is before they started putting the nice plaques on the back of their heads Ooh. like this one's old like 2000 2001 old jeez that's okay. yeah no that that they're expensive now like especially no, yeah, that particular just... make and model yeah i know just to get a base version alone is like 700 dollars. Oh, that's yeah. not counting different wigs eye colors shoes yeah no and then all of the other stuff that goes into maintenance too jeez yeah no my 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 poor claudia well that was the original name was claudia because she gave me Claudia with these beautiful strawberry blonde curls and she looked like Claudia mm. from Interview with the Vampire so I just kept the name but mm. um, no she's, she's yellowed before I even got her but it's even mm. but no she unfortunately she's just in storage she's still in her box because it's like I have nowhere proper to display her just yet but uh, no I, I promised her I will make her a proper dress when I can finally have her out and about. Yeah, no, that's another thing. Like, those dolls are a little bit like Victorian morning dolls, too, yeah? Like, you just can't leave them in the box too long without feeling a little sad. No, she deserves so much more. She's so pretty. Yeah. Actually, here's a minor ghost story that I have with her was my friend who gave me to her said she's the mischievous of my dolls. And I didn't really understand what she meant, but she gave me this doll a long time ago, like back in like 2013, 2014. Hmm. Um, and back in that time, I was sharing an apartment with a friend of mine. And at, at those times, I just left her out because I hate keep, I hated keeping her in a box in the closet. Hmm. And apparently one day, me and her came home and opened the door and she's sitting in our living room on the couch the windows and doors are all closed by the time we walk in Claudia's hand starts moving nothing special <laughs> her hands are in her lap but you know they're both in her lap palms down one of them flips over palm side up and back down my friend sees this and fucking panics and I'm just like Claudia you moved I'm so proud of you baby <laughs> and she's just like oh hi <laughs> <laughs> 
my god. My friend is like, get this damn dog out of the house. Uh, so your, friend, your friend had a Ricky moment too. Hell no. <laughs> She's like, this doll's gotta go. And sure enough, she sat, she continued to sit on that couch for like another year. Because <laughs> she was at the point though where she's like I cannot be left alone in the room with your doll she she scares me <laughs> kind of reminds me of a b-horror movie that we were watching the other day and had a haunted doll but it it was just one of those oh my god kind of movies <laughs> um if I can figure out what it's called I would definitely float it your way I think you would probably want to watch it because there was like this haunted leprechaun doll where a leprechaun was actually inside the doll causing problems Ooh. and then there was another Yikes. one where like I guess you could say like the a demon lord was inside of a doll and that's the exact thing that we we're talking about that that particular story and that's what that kind of reminded me of was like the guy in the, the the doll owner's life was like well I, I'd love to date you but she gotta go <laughs> <laughs> right and it ends up with them both being sacrificed to the dark lord so well, yeah, no, I mean, that escalated pretty fast. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> but yeah, like, I think you're probably the only other person that I could talk horror movies with, and they don't just like shut me down and be like, nope, I don't watch that kind of stuff. Mm-mm. No, I'm pretty hardened by some of the crazy shit I've seen so far. But, um, but yeah, that was going to be the conclusion of that. Um, my continuation of that anime question I actually got two more for us to answer sure thing this one, this one comes from I don't know how to pronounce it so I'm just going to spell it out is CHCH1984 hello and they ask what is your favorite video games oh my god girl you are like the <laughs> Jason Voorhees Michael Myers person and you couldn't even get <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't want to assume. But yeah, 1984. I'm sure one of the Friday the 13th probably came out in 1984. I believe so. Um, what? <laughs> video games. So. <laughs> so yeah, video games. I mean, we 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 hit pretty hard on the head by talking about Dance Dance Revolution and Pata Pata Paradise earlier on. Um, but I'm a level with you guys my gamer lifestyle kind of died out in my teenage years because arcades kind of just disappeared as I got older and we're already in the age of the PS5 and what's the newest Xbox now? The Xbox One? Xbox X series and S series. Yeah, I don't have any of them. I have a PS2. Girl, okay, I still got my a- PS2 and a goddamn GameCube, so you know what? Don't be ashamed. You still beat me. I have a Game Boy SP. Ooh, I miss those. My, my nephews have ran laps around me already. They're like, we got the newest version of the Switch. Where are you? So, uh, Somewhere within the, do I pay my rent or get that? No, exactly. And don't get me <laughs> wrong. I do want a PS5. It's just not mm. super high on my list right now. Yeah, no. Especially with how fast they've been selling out. Oh, there was a mishap here in uh, my neck of the woods where hmm. I guess the PS5 and the Xbox X was supposed to come out, I think, like, on a on a Tuesday. They put them out on a Sunday night, and they sold Ew. out by Monday morning. Oh, jeez. 
so many of my friends and coworkers were pissed. Yeah, I mean, I would be too. I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, I had yeah. the I had the fortune of Brian picking up an S for our house, and he has the Series X. I don't know how he was able to get both. I don't want to ask. He probably honestly. <laughs> I mean. They were selling out within seconds, apparently. So for him to have even gotten like at least one would have been like a godsend. So I'm, I'm no, just right. grateful. But yeah, I mean, as far as video games go, that are you know for console, I do have a very I wouldn't say all of them, but I do have majority of the Dance Dance Revolutions that came out for PS2. And I do have that fucking garbage slippery mat that you will break your damn neck on. <laughs> um, I knew somebody that had the actual arcade version dance floor, but mm. I, to set that up to your PS2 was... That that takes an electronic skill that I am nowhere near. Mm-hmm. No. But um, I still play it by controller. I still kick ass on it, to be honest. <laughs> um... But yeah, I mean, I have a few fighting games I loved. I'll just rattle some off real quick. I King of Fighters was always one of my top favorites. But mm-hmm. I stopped playing it by, like, King of Fighters 2006 because I lost track of them. I know there's more, but I'm not with it anymore. Mm. Um, Capcom vs. SNK. Uh, Bloody Roar was one of my favorites. Bloody Roar 3 was the best. Um, kind of in and out of Tekken. Wasn't crazy about that. And then there's RPGs. Like, yes, I love Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2. I have not played 3. and Everybody can yell at me about it because I'm way behind. Don't worry. I haven't played any of them. So, <laughs> wasn't a fan. <laughs> I'm a fan. Like, it's I... just... Uh, yeah, just 2 was where it ended for me. I mean, I did play Chain of Memories but on um, SP, but that was kind of it. Hmm. And then there's a shit ton of RPGs that, funny enough, I have and never finished playing. Like, I played Shadow Hearts 1 and 2. I don't have 1. I have 2. I played 3. Don't have 3 anymore. So I don't know what happened there. Um, I have this one RPG called Eternal Poison that my, my big ex bought me a million years ago. I've never played it. It's still in its oh. shrink wrap. I could sell it right now. Holy jeez. <laughs> like, he bought me this nice deluxe version that came with an art book and shit. I still have the art book. I've looked through it. It's beautiful. Never played the game. Hmm. Um, and, oh, well, I guess the creme de la creme of all the, the video games I have for my PS2 that I love, and it's the top of the list always, even though it came out for PS1, is Castle... Oh, wow. That was horrible. Is Castlevania Symphony of the Night. I haven't played that one. I'm going to have to look it up on Steam later. (laughs) Oh, it's on Steam for sure. It was released for PS1. Came out in 97. I only beat it in 2001. Hmm. Well, because this is at a time where the internet was just new and there wasn't really strategy guides in booklet. Oh, no, where you had to basically write down your own strategy guide as you went through and trial and error and basically never finish a game sometimes. Yeah, it was either that or find somebody who was better at games than you and ask them how they did it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that and... was Ricky. <laughs> Most so, times, yeah, like... everybody went to Ricky. I believe it. 
But yeah, it took me four years to fully complete it and get all the alternate endings because there's four. Mm. But yeah, that's still my top favorite game. As, as dated as the graphics and stuff are, and the dialogue is definitely dated. Jesus Christ. But it's still my favorite go-to game to kill some time. The soundtrack to this game is fucking amazing. See, like, uh, as far as video games go, like, I, I, I would have thought that you would have said uh, one of the Final Fantasies, because my, my off-chance remembrance of one of your cosplays was Fran the Bunny. You know what, I though, remember I'm... how much trouble you went through trying to get it here, too. Right. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, shit. <laughs> I think we were I'm all a... there for that Kawaii Con, too. That was 2000... That had to be 2009. Yep, that was right before I, I got paralyzed. Literally. Mm. Um. Surprisingly, no. I... The only Final Fantasies I've played was Seven, which I did mm. have, and my big ex stole, and I'm about to set his house on fire to get it back. Um, yeah, I played Seven, and I played Ten. Ooh. And that was kind of where my gaming with that franchise ended. Mm-hmm. So, I believe Fran came out in FF 12 13? or 13? I can't remember. I'm behind on them, to be really honest. Like, you tell me Moogle, I say Koopal. No, right. So, you know, I'm super, <laughs> super behind in that I'm respect. Cause... old when it comes to Final Fantasy games. I think the, the newest one I played was on, what, 3DS? It's one of the Crystal Chronicles. Mm. And even then, I can't remember which one it was. I just remember playing it because Ricky had it, and I was bored. No, yeah. Um, no, I'm really behind in Final Fantasy. Like I said, 10 was the last one I played. And I'm I've, le- I've grown from that and made a motto that if I don't know everything there is to know about this character, I will not cosplay it. Mm. And Fran was the last one where I just cosplayed it just because I like the character's look. Ah, okay. So I'm a bad fan in that respect when it came to her. Um, but oh. even, with my, even with my Nintendo SP too, the only games I really have on there is I have all the Castlevanias that were released for Game Boy Advance. I have every American released uh, Pokemon game. So red, blue, green, yellow, gold, silver, and crystal. I have those. Uh, you are missing out, lady. You should, if you can, like find a way to borrow a 3DS or something and play Sun or Moon. It will hit you in the nostalgia pangs in the weirdest way. I'll tell you why. It is literally based off of Hawaii. Oh. I have been waiting for this game since I was like 11 myself. So even I had to stop and play it. It was fantastic. All right. I, yeah, I do need to get one. Oh, <laughs> man. But yeah, that's that pretty much covers my video games right now. Because, I mean, the only thing I don't have on console is Pana Pana Paradise. And I know they did release it for console in Japan. They but unless you indeed. have a Japanese too, It was region locked and it is crazy. 
No, right. I know. Pe- I know. There's people out here or certain shops I can go to that can convert it for you for dirt cheap. Because at this oh. point, a PS is worth nothing. But yeah, no. Back then, like back when it first came out, was a uh, what Toys and Joys that did that. Yeah, and why and I? Because yeah, no, and they were the very ones that were selling the pot of pot of pads and stuff like that. So I it saw doesn't... it. And it was it was still like eighty bucks. I'm like, I can't afford that. Nor can I at the time could afford the conversion which i think was also like another 80 dollars. yeah no you're right <laughs> and it's funny because now if you want to convert it it costs like 25 bucks it's yeah like pretty cheap. you're like well i hate you too but okay <laughs> but um, i mean if you really want to get those japanese titles like i even want to get it just so i could play deep mania because they did an american release and it was fucking garbage it was <laughs> awful i'm sorry <laughs> I mean, you cannot put Beyonce on Beat Mania. It just doesn't. It work doesn't that way. vibe. Oh my god! I thought I was the only one who thought that. I know. I heard that shit. I'm like, you're kidding. Yeah, no, that's like me playing the English version of Taiko Not No Tatsujin, and uh, Brian is like, don't play that garbage. Here, play this one. He has the Japanese one on his uh, Switch. Let's just yeah. say I, I don't think a lot of songs should be put to title so no right <laughs> but no i would kill to play the original japanese beat mania because again we don't have arcades anymore because fuck you guys for wanting to get leave the house and do something fun mm-hmm. and then on top of that like our arcade was open for a little bit and then it had to be shut down because it's also a concert venue and a bar so we miss you hawaiian yeah. brian's we hope you survive this. You have been an establishment to all of us. Second home, You're... even. Oh my god, seriously, all the money I've invested in you, Brian's, the least you guys could do is bring back a DDR machine. Please. Please. <laughs> Jesus. Oh my god, that brought back memories. The smell of right? cigarette smoke, the sound of billiards in the background, and here's the DDR machine yelling, DDR! Dance, dance revolution. You know what? Oh I would God. absolutely kill just to hear and smell. I actually miss the smell of that smoke now. Like, I, I can't even believe I'm saying that. Same here. <laughs> but I mean, that was my Saturday nights back then was I would wait for Scott and the rest of my drift crew and my other friends, the few girls that I did hang out with to hit mm. me up, go to Brian's around like seven or eight at night, burn through $20 in an hour. Sometimes not even an hour. Oh, no. Yeah, you could easily knock that out maybe in a half an hour, depending on how fast you wanted to go through that money. Yeah, no, exactly. Then, (sighs) you know, me and my friends go up and drift up in Tantalus for a few hours till the cops chased us out. (laughs) You guys were the problem, huh? Oh, we totally were. (laughs) And then by two in the morning, we'd end up at at the Zippies near the Kahala Mall. You know, uh, pigging out. Yeah, no, I know exactly which one you're talking about, too. Oh, wow. That was always Scott's, Scott's decision, because he absolutely loved that location. And God knows why, but if we said Zippies, it had to be that one. I don't know. Everybody has their own Zippies. Like, I, I honestly have to say this. Like, we could go to the one down the street from us, and my mom would be like, this one's chunk. We got to go to the other one. So we end up going, like, maybe... 10 blocks away to the next one and she's like, no, this is the right one. They're the same. I'm (laughs) I'm also assuming that different locations had different uh, 
had a slightly variance on the menu, like nah, something a little there, different. I only recently did they start doing that. Like I know for a fact the one in Kahala has like sushi and stuff like that and then like there's one on Nimitz that has a bar so I'm just like "Mm, I don't think it was so much the variance as it was like the service there and the people there I mean maybe I mean uh it could be like the only explanation I have that my mom would just like be like no we're not eating at this Zippy's because it no it's not the one fair I mean you got some Mandalorian knowledge there with that, and you're just like, uh, okay, I guess this is not the way, so we're just gonna walk ten blocks down <laughs> the street to the next one until we find the way, huh? So I guess so. I mean... So yeah, for any of my listeners not in the know, Zippy's is a, was a local restaurant in Hawaii, or was, is. It's a greasy spoon. Think, think Denny's, but it's it's with the local flair, so I mean, you'll find your oh, typical yeah. diner food. Yeah, no, Denny's is definitely a good one. I would also call it, like, the Waffle House of the Pacific. (laughs) For those of you who don't know what Waffle House is, it would be basically like a Denny's. Yeah, basically. I mean, like, honestly, when I get my kicks of how much I miss home, you know, I'll go to, like, the only Hawaiian, like, the only thing Hawaiian that I know was on the islands that we have here in LA is L&L. And Ooh. I'm sorry to say it, but L&L is like the IHOP of Hawaiian food. Oh, not even that. It's like the McDonald's. <laughs> like, think of it that way. Girl, no. Like, Zippy's would be like, what, the Burger King? So it's like two steps up. But L&L is kind of like the MCD of all the Hawaii fast foods. <laughs> Fuck, man, I will take Zippy's right now if it makes me feel closer to home because L&L is legit all we got out here. Ooh, my condolences. Uh, <laughs> next time hurts. I send you, yeah, next time I send you a care package, I'm going to see if I can try to send you, because I'm pretty sure they do this. I mean, they have in the past. Uh, they do ship to the mainland. I remember they did it way back when. I just didn't know if they still do it. They might. I mean, they do shipping on the island now because of the pandemic. I mean, obviously, nobody mm-hmm. wants to go out. Nobody wants to eat out. So either they have you come and pick it up or they ship it to your house. I mean, you could even buy Zippy's toilet paper on there if you wanted. Damn. Yeah, no, including Zippy's face mask, too. I mean. Shit. Stay I mean, up there, game. I feel, like, <laughs> I feel like the closest I could get is to drive out six hours to go to Vegas because I mean yeah that's that's right they just opened up the zippies over there (laughs) I mean if your girl gets real desperate that that's a desperation and a half where you have to be like okay so I'm gonna plan my own weekend there (laughs) all around zippies girl I once planned a trip to to Vegas just to go see a musical and I was only there not even a full 24 hours yeah don't think I won't do that shit for a restaurant Yeah, no. <laughs> I, I literally it. went out to Vegas just to spend thirty dollars and come back. <laughs> but um, but yeah. So that answers the question. We went off the rails to nineteen eighty four for favorite video games. Um, next question is from Maya is in charge twenty two, and she says, "I live in Lebanon." 
oh shit okay hi what is the mainland like well she said specifically what is the united states like hmm. um depending on where you go i guess it would be like different for everybody i mean from yeah i feel like i'm not the right person to answer that question because i've only truly been to three and a half states and the half being just vegas because what the fuck else in nevada do you really want to see so as far as i would describe it i mean like in a not so like we don't touch any political bases here like i know your rules um Mm -hmm. my best way to say is that it is literally a mixed pot Like, you could go to one part of the states, which I've been to Washington all the way down to about Baja. And each state is completely its own thing. They've got their own, like, how do I say it? Like, they've got their own respective flair and their own respective, like, flavors. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, what you would find in California, you might not find in, say, like, Georgia. And vice versa. Like, Waffle House, you don't find it in California, but you've definitely heard of it from some of your friends from, like, the southern part of the United States. I mean, I'm probably... I mean, I'm going to level with you, like, like, here in California, for example, our burger place that you're not a true Californian if you don't eat at it is In-N-Out. Yeah, no... Like, I've heard stories of In-N-Out. Like, every time I visit, we always tend, we always make a plan to go, but we never make it out of Disneyland. Honestly, you're not missing much. I I, I know I'm I'm a true Californian because I've eaten In-N-Out, but I'm going to sit here and tell you right now, it's fucking garbage. (laughs) Like, there's really nothing to write home about with In-N-Out. It sucks. Girl, you just started a fight with a whole bunch of people on the internet right now. Oh, oh, there's going to be a flame war right now. Everybody's going to be calling me trash because of it. I don't care. Oh, you're my trash panda, so. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like, we have in and like, out, and honestly, if it wasn't for King of the Hill, that animated series, I never would have known that Whataburger was an actual place. Like, I thought they made it up for the show. <laughs> But no, some people have, some people I know have been to Texas and they're like, no, Whataburger really does exist and it's mm-hmm. fucking huge. Yep. Nope. <laughs> they are absolutely right. <laughs> like, um, we had to describe to Ricky what a, a Waffle House was. Yeah. He, he was like blown away that you could literally go from one rest stop to another rest stop and on the freeway, it'll show like what restaurants are in that area. And every single Every sign we passed by had Waffle House. And he tells me, you know what we would have in Hawaii? It would all say Zippies. Mm-hmm. I'm like, eh, maybe Zippies, maybe Illinois. But see, like, Zippies is one of a kind Hawaiian. Like, you will not find it. I mean, m- minus Vegas. You won't really find it on the mainland. Yeah. You're right. You're right. I mean,. The thing about the United States is that we're all different. And to, like, really answer that question, it's something where you've got to listen to, like, several different people from several different states to really get a grasp on. I don't know if I worded that right, but I hope it it helped. 
no, I think you did. Even for me, like, I've only really been, like, I can only truly say I've ever lived in or been in Hawaii, L.A., New York. I haven't even fully explored California, and I've been living here majority of my life. Mm-hmm. And most of my time has been here in L.A. County. And I know 2020 is probably not the greatest time to assess different parts of the, of the country I've been to. But because I like my concrete jungles, I ha- I have to live in the city or at least be city adjacent. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm going to kind of put the good and the bad on this one. Like everybody has this glitz and glamour idea of Hollywood. Don't romanticize it. Hollywood is a filthy cesspool. Like it's definitely got its damage. But I'm not trying to sit here and say it's all it's all bad because it's not. Um, it's just a mixed bag, you know. Like Hollywood, of course, it has events and it makes it kind of makes up for where its shortcomings are. Mm-hmm. It's, you're not going to always see celebrities just walking down the street. But I mean, it's, even when you do, they're just regular people. They just got a little bit of a title on them. Yeah, no, like if you were to walk through Hawaii, like you'd find more celebrities here in Hawaii just walking around randomly versus like in Hollywood. And even then, people are misgiven the idea that, oh, Hollywood is the movie capital of the of the United States. Not really. I'd be more like Georgia, maybe New York even. A little bit. I mean, for a lot of television shows are filmed in New York and a good chunk are in Georgia. Even Stranger Things is filmed in Georgia. Mm-hmm. If you see but, that um, beach, you know where you're from. Yeah, right? The Georgia beach. But I mean... When I say that, too, it's like nothing is actually filmed in Hollywood. Believe it or not, Universal Studios is actually a functioning, working movie studio. So movies, TVs, commercials are shot there. Mm. Um, Burbank is actually where a lot of stuff is filmed, especially because the Warner Brothers the, uh, the Warner Brothers Studios is there. Disney Animation is there. Um, I'm missing another company, but it's on the tip of my tongue. But yeah, most of it is all in Burbank and Glendale. And Which Buena is... Vista, right? Like, if correct me if I'm wrong, like, I remember, like, one of the studios for Nickelodeon was Buena Vista. Yeah, it's actually, yeah, Nickelodeon, uh, the animation studios used to be in Hollywood. Well, mm-hmm. not the animation studios, but the studio where they used to film uh, Victorious, like, a lot of their live action shows used to be in Hollywood. Yeah. But has now been moved to Burbank. Cool. Um, yeah, I took my nephew on a drive there. Not even a week ago. I mean, granted, it's closed, but everything that was taken out from uh, the Nickelodeon Studios in Orlando for Mm -hmm. Universal was all moved to Burbank. Oh, wow. I mean, like, when we were probably, like, what, small when they used to say, like, filmed in front of a live audio, uh, live studio audience or something like that. Yeah, and it would be like in Orlando Universal Studios, and we'd be like, "That's the place where we need to go." Yeah, with that dope gushing geyser. Yeah. Outside. Oh yeah, yeah. No, you're definitely right on that one. I think that was probably my dream as a kid was to get onto like Double Dare or something. <laughs> you don't know what I would have given to smack some kids sideways to get on guts. Oh. <laughs> because I absolutely needed a piece of that aggro crag. I don't I don't blame you. I, I, I honestly thought that Gus was probably like the coolest show ever and then like they introduced Legends of the Hidden Temple. And that's where my life went. That <laughs> that's where my life went. After that I, I started 
liked studying history probably very closely because of that. Am I the only kid that was a little creeped out by Olmec, though? Oh, no, no, I was too. I mean, talking monster, like he's a monstrously sized head talking to you made out of foamish rocks. Oh, hmm. with glowing red eyes. Yeah, no, my childhood basically tells me anything that the eyes glow red avoid. <laughs> well, not only that, but you gotta look back at this and be like, ooh. You're, you're okay with letting your kids go into these dark, creepy dungeons and mm. get felt up by half-naked men called temple guards. <laughs> oh, no. Nah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> no, you know. No, I just recently found out about this thing called Pluto TV, which is an app where you can, like, watch some of these old Nickelodeon shows. And every now and again, uh, Legends of the Hidden Temples and Guts come on. And I'm re-watching them. I'm like... How are we okay with this? <laughs> no. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Because we were watching... What? Guts, what Guts double there? But yeah, but Legends, I was like, wait a minute. I don't, I'm not cool with these creepy men in masks darking, like, taking my kids in dark rooms. Yeah, no, no. And then <laughs> at random, too. Like, I've heard stories where some of the people on there were did not know... And some of those yeah. screams were, like, real. So I was like, yeah, I can imagine. I mean, big scary man comes out of nowhere, and you get this thing blasted at you, and you're like, great. No, right. Also, what the fuck went wrong with these kids? How did they not know how to put together three pieces to make a fucking monkey? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> no, you're right. Like, I mean... just go and you... <laughs> Go to YouTube these kids putting together that three-piece monkey statue. I thought there... I swear to God there was, like, a compilation on that somewhere. Like, I honestly believe there was a compilation of people putting together that goddamn monkey. I shit you not. If you YouTube it, just people trying to put together... Or the kids trying to put together the statue. There's one where the statue fell over the edge. Yeah, no, and it's just kind of like, well, I guess I gotta go the other way now. Mm. Well, yeah, fuck this challenge then. <laughs> oh, man. Like, Honestly, we wouldn't even be the kids we were without shows like Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah, no, you're right. I think the one where the girl was in the mirror really changed my life. After that, I refused to look into mirrors. Like, it was that one. It was the episode. Um, I don't remember the name, but it was the episode where these two kids were like ushers in a movie theater, and this guy brings them an old film reel of the movie Nosferatu, and the vampire comes out of the movie. Oh, I remember that one. Oh, that one gave me nightmares for weeks. <laughs> uh, let's see. I believe between Are You Afraid of the Dark and Goosebumps, Are You Afraid of the Dark would probably be better. <laughs> To tell anybody no, you... about. Like, Goosebumps is the ones that you tell your kids at night so that way they can laugh about it and be like, oh, okay, so the scary stuff isn't that scary. I mean, but Are You Afraid of the Dark is like, do you really want to go to sleep? No, right. <laughs> and I'm not going to lie, some episodes were not necessarily scary. Yeah, no. But when they were scary, they fucking landed. Yeah, no, they hit hard. I mean, it resonated. Mm-mm. Like, one that still stuck with me, too, was... Um... I don't remember the name, but it was about the swimming pool these kids went to, and there was like this red skeleton thing that was always in the water. Oh, that would come and drown kids. 
Yeah, no, I know which one you're talking about. That one is probably about the last time I actually went into a swimming pool. Like, just genuinely fucking scary. Even today, I'm like, we show this to kids? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No. I mean, after, I think, what, recently, Guillermo del Toro made that movie on that book series that we all loved as kids, uh, Scary Stories to Tell in, in the Dark or something like that. Right. I still haven't seen it. I know I... it's streaming on Amazon Prime. Oh, God, I gotta watch it then, because... You know what? I've been dying to see this movie since I've heard about it. And Ricky, being Ricky, he he is not a horror fan. He will not sit with me through horror movies. Not No matter how B-rated and comedic it is, he will tell me, oh, hell no. <laughs> right. So. No, but, but there's definitely something creepy in some of these kids' stories. Oh, yeah. That, uh. Oh, my God. I mean, like, if you sit there and think about it, like, I think the creepiest Goosebumps they had was probably the Night of the Living Dummy series. No, absolutely. I don't do ventriloquist dummies at all. Yep, no. You can't get me in a room with one. Ever. No, yeah. Like, after like the things that I have experienced through Lifetime, that, no. Mm-mm. I agree. Not even if you had Satan in chains would I go there. Mm-mm. That's a no. I'm with you on that. Mm-mm. Oh my god, sorry, Maya. Yeah, our question kind of went off the rails there a little bit, but um, yeah, to ex- truly experience every flavor of the country, I mean, I wouldn't even know like where to start. Yeah, like I said, I've only ever been to truly three states, and haven't I haven't even fully explored all of them. It was just I was there. Um, but it, we we do have the benefit, maybe more so in more states than others, where society is such a melting cultural pot. Mm-hmm. Um, especially even here in Los Angeles, where it's of course it's it's very Latino Latino heavy. But it's not like you won't see someone who's Asian or someone who's black, someone who's white, someone who's Middle Eastern. Like, it's, it's, we're just everywhere. Um, you know, we, we also live in a country where you can have any, any nationality of food on any given night of the week. And it's all within easy access. Like... You know, I had a friend who went to Taiwan who said, yeah, Taiwanese food is dirt cheap. I can get it here for 3 or $4. But if you want a burger over there, it's like 30 bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas here, it's a lot, you know, any kind of nationality of food is so easy to come by. And I'll still even give it up to Hawaii, too, because we have Japanese food out here, obviously. <laughs> I just laugh at how much Californians take sushi as such a delicacy out here and it's such, it's so mediocrely made where you can go to Hawaii and you can go to a 7-Eleven out there and get some of the most some of the freshest sushi ever for like a dollar something I'm trying to remember the price right now I think it's like a dollar 85 maybe two bucks because of the that tax that they added on for COVID I believe it. I mean, even still, like, 
I mean, like, like I said, you could literally get like pork cash and stuff like that from Seven Eleven. That's absolutely freshly made daily, um, for like seventy five cents. So, again, something out here that we would consider a delicacy, and people are paying top dollar Ooh. to get it, and it's still meh compared to what you can get in Hawaii. That's just, just such a night and day difference. Yeah, no. But, like, even me going through the South was kind of uh, a different thing for me, too. Like, Korean food is... Korean barbecue is vastly different in the South than it is here. I mean, we've got the, the untapped source of immigrants that open up restaurants here, so... Right. For me, like, guess- going there, it was, like, culture shock, I guess. Because what I'm used to my friends in Georgia don't know exists. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I guess that's just kind of it. It just depends on, you know, where you find yourself in the United States. You know, each state is kind of just known for its own different speciality. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, like, if you're probably wondering why we're bringing up food, like, the one common bond that most people have is probably food in general. Yeah, it's something that brings together families and friends and it is something that brings together you know all walks of life so that's just in case like maybe that person is wondering if why why are they mentioning food like i just wanted to know how different it was I mean, I, I can't speak. I've never really been outside of the United States. Mm. I don't have any real knowledge of what Lebanon must be like. Um, Probably going to look into it later tonight now. Right. But thank you, Maya is in charge 22 for that question. Um, I hope we've answered it to some of your knowledge. Um, and I hope once COVID ends and the world stops being crazy that you will get a chance to experience a proper United States. And not just one lived by a scope of two people who have barely chipped the surface. No, right. I Like I said, we may not be the best commentary on what's the United States like, but we're just giving you the knowledge we got. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not all crazy. It's not like you hear in the news. I'm very pro-adamant about not listening to what's in the news because of that one right. word yeah no like that one word I just yeah no yeah don't let the news overhype you on what it what life is like in the u.s they don't they don't cover it all honestly yeah no don't take it from the from the someone who's trying to hype people on what it is get mm-hmm. the word of, of the of the average civilian or they'll tell you back if in particular you're wondering what part of the U.S. we're talking about, like, uh, I really hate to put it this way, but a more specific question might be able to be answered so much so than uh, what is the U.S. like? I mean, I'm meaning no disrespect or anything. It's just when you broad scope the U.S., like what we know in like Hawaii or, say, California or even in the southern states, we might they might not know in like say Kansas or Michigan. Yeah, there's so many states in the United. There's 50 states in the United States that 
I'm sure we barely even scratched the surface too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've driven past a few of the states, but that's just it. Driving past is not like really immersing yourself into it. No, right. Getting a feel of the people, the culture, the fashion, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, like you could, there is one thing that I have to agree upon from going from Hawaii, from Hawaii all the way to the West Coast, then to the East Coast. Um, there's one thing that never ceases to amaze me, and that would always be looking at the city lights and the skylines and the different colors everybody's skies turn um my favorite particular site and city to see is pigeon forge in tennessee when you look out at the grand smokies all you see is like a sea of trees over this blue sky and it's probably one of the prettiest things i've ever seen and then for me like another very beautiful site would be like california's orange sunset especially when I'm staying at Disneyland it's probably like my favorite thing to ever see I can agree to disagree with you just because some of the sunsets that I've seen from Hawaii especially the one thing that I I feel like this is Hawaii especially Mm -hmm. is the green flash at the sunset ah no that's a very common thing here like you can see it very easily because it hits the water the right way, right? We don't have it here. For the many times I've been near the coast and near the ocean, staring Ooh. at the sunset, it does not happen here in Los Angeles. That is news to me, actually. I mean, not to say that my own hometown skies aren't pretty. Like, I do take pictures of it and stuff like that, because even I am enthralled by how pink our sky turns. But, um that particular orange that you guys have in in California we don't get it here I could make a joke and say it's smog because California yeah no no Los like Angeles I, is just that level of filthy yeah no like I've I've heard I've heard those before from climatologists and also you and a few other friends where they're like no honey that's smog I'm like but I still like it it's getting better I mean, but I in still... slim defense, it is getting better. Yeah, no, like, I still love that color, though, but, you know. No, I totally know what you mean. Like, there's even just, like, just to highlight a few things from the three places, the three states I've truly been to. For New York, it is that skyline. Mm-hmm. Like, all those sweeping shots you see from, like, the Statue of Liberty that look over the Manhattan Harbor, and you get to see, like, the Manhattan Bridge, the Brooklyn Bridge, but you see it at night fuck you really do feel like you're in another place for us here in california the view from the griffith observatory right at sunset with the hollywood sign behind you and you're looking out all all across hollywood los angeles epic just that view is perfect and of course there's the hubble uh, telescope on griffith observatory if you're just willing to wait in the line it's free to go up and see it and get this on a clear night a beautiful shot of the moon Mm-hmm. But no, when it comes to Hawaii, it's that green flash at the sunset. <laughs> For me, if I was to talk about my hometown, especially Hawaii, it would be up in Papakolea, which is like near Tantalus. It's the Hawaiian homestead lands. Um, mm-hmm. My aunt 
would overlook the city a certain and at a certain time when you're overlooking the city like right in between nightfall and sunset like you still have the purples the pinks and the orange in the sky almost like the the blue velvet is coming to to eat the sky that's usually mm-hmm. the best time to overlook honolulu because you see the lights and there is a, a literal song written about this. It's called The Honolulu City Lights, and it's by the Beamers. It is the most beautiful song talking about how our lights look at night. And it, it perfectly describes that moment. It's just beautiful to see. And sometimes it's also, like, humbling, too, because you realize that you're this really small person in such even though the island is small and like for every one person, you know, seven people will know you. Mm-hmm. It, it humbles you. It really grounds you back into this place of, wow, even though it's small, it's so big. Right. Well, Maya is in charge 22. I hope that answers your question as much as, as we are able to give it to you. And um, again, I hope you do get a chance to experience the United States once all this madness is finally over. And that's going to also do it tonight for my listener-friendly asked questions. I know we technically only answered two, but I wanted to kind of keep those brief. And we will answer more questions in future episodes. I know there's definitely more than that, but feel free to throw any of them in my inbox, whether it be on Spotify, Anchor, TikTok. Uh, Twitter or Instagram. So B, I think it is just about that time to give my listeners a spell of the week. So instead of a spell, because our family doesn't do spell work, we do prayers. And our prayer for tonight will be one where it's best to do in a quiet spot. Most likely in what you would consider your thinking spot. So it could even be in the shower or wherever you feel comfortable. Um, As Nicole has always said, wash your hands or make sure that you're, you're in a state of mind where you're clean when you do this. Like, I usually end up washing my hands quite a lot because of this. Um, you don't necessarily have to do a protective circle, but you can. You don't need anything with you. All you got to do is just take a deep breath and envision your loved one or the loved ones you have in mind and say, you are a part of me and I am a part of you. Nothing will take that away from me. And you can end that with a blessed be, amen, or whatever you feel. And for me, I usually say amen. I know it was short and sweet, but I figured that with how emotions are right now and how we all feel like we've lost a loved one, I just wanted to touch base with the fact that you don't have to hold on to the pain. And when you say this, you're letting go of that pain and you're letting it go into the universe. I agree. Well, all right, B. I think that's going to cover it for tonight's episode. I really would like to thank you for coming on and sharing 
first of all, taking me down this rabbit hole of nostalgia because holy <laughs> shit, did I miss this? <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, you can call me for that anytime. <laughs> right. And I would absolutely love to have you again on another future episode on any particular topic. Yes, ma'am. I would love to be another a guest on your show again. Definitely. All right. And is there any way out there that my listeners can find out more about you or? They actually can. So there are two pages in which you could possibly follow me on. The first one would be my business page at Black Popoki Treasures. So that's black, like as in the color black, Popoki, which is the Hawaiian word for cat, spelled P-O-P-O-K-I, Treasures. Um, We specialize in crochet stuff. And when I say stuff, I mean literally a hodgepodge of amigurumi to accessories and jewelry. And if you just want to fa- follow me for weird fashion common writer shenanigans, then you will hit me up on my fashion post, which is Ilikea, I-L-I-K-E-A dot Disney dot princess. And that's pretty much it. And that is on Instagram, correct? Yes, ma'am. All righty. Well, thank you so much, B, for joining us. Have a great night, and I look forward to having you on again soon. You too, Nell. Love you. And try not to do anything I wouldn't do. And that's it, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in on tonight's episode. I know this one in particular ran really long, but I do want to give a very special thank you to my friend B from Honolulu, Hawaii. I miss her terribly. I love you. Thank you for joining me on tonight's episode and just giving us insight on Hawaiian mythos, the legends, the gods, the goddesses, the monarchy, the the ghosts that still walk among us and for her blessing of the week. I also want to continue to acknowledge that tonight's episode was a love letter to my father who may not have been a perfect man, but he was my father. He was the man of my life. I love you, Dad. I miss you terribly. I will see you in the next life. Please, wherever you are, please be at peace. And I want to also say a special thank you to all of my listeners who sent me messages saying, I'm sorry for your loss. I'm sorry what happened to your dad. You know, take all the time you need. I really appreciate that. But for me personally, I can't just grieve and not do anything. I feel like I have to be productive, even during grieving. Otherwise, I feel like I'm wasting the precious gift of life where I should be appreciating and enjoying and living and loving life. Otherwise, what am I doing? Now, I'm not saying this is a grieving process that works for everybody, but this is just for me personally, that yes, I'm going to cry. I'm going to be a little slower with my content and releasing it, but I'm still going to do it because this is what I know my dad would have wanted of me. This is what I want from me. So thank you to all of you for your kind words and concerns. I really do appreciate it. It really lets me know my listeners are out there caring about me. And honestly, I'm just super stoked that I have so many listeners at all. I just found out I have 30 listeners internationally from Singapore, Japan, Australia, the Middle East, the list goes on. I haven't even scratched the surface on that, but that's amazing. I thought I only really had an American audience and now I'm finding out I have so much more. 
So thank you all so, so much. That's truly amazing to me that I even reached an audience that far and wide. And as always, you can find me on any of my social media accounts. My Twitter is MoonchildNil. My Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube are MorningstarMoonchild. Please like, subscribe, follow, and share if you enjoyed any of my content. And as always, feel free to send me a message if you have any uh, topics you'd like me to cover in future episodes or if you have questions you would like me to answer in my listener-friendly Ask Questions. Now, next week's episode might be a little late, but it is coming regardless. Until then, guys, please stay safe and blessed be.